Hey, and what could be better than a good cup of coffee and a conversation among friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Ideas Cafe podcast. I was, I was recently at a farmer's market buying, as one does, uh, local produce, etc. And there was this guy who was making manufacturing homemade chocolate, like literally from scratch. I'm not talking about melting little blocks he bought at the bulk barn into fun shapes for kids. No, this guy had like cacao pods that he was, he'd somehow um, got brought back and he was processing the cacao powder, the, the, the beans and roasting it, doing whatever. Anyways, he was making these homemade chocolate bars. Love it. And when you say uh, brought back, what do you mean? from wherever he got them from because oh, wow. you can't get those here. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, he was making these... these uh, homemade chocolate Homemade, bars? literally, from oh, scratch. Already a big idea. Yeah, it was, it was neat. So anyways, I bought a couple. I tasted them. They were fantastic. So I bought these chili chocolate bars and I went home. He put them in these paper bags and when I got home, I pulled out a chocolate bar to eat it and I actually read what was on the package which blew my mind because if I had this written on my package it would be written on a giant sign behind me and you'd sell twice as much chocolate this is what the chocolate bar the package the chocolate bar so came inside in inside the like when you open up the packaging you open it up or it's on the room no it's, it's on the it's on the outside okay. but it's French on the other so I didn't read so French I just thought over. it was neat <laughs> I didn't flip it over how do you say home. cacao in French well, it tastes- that's right so I go home and I, I pull out this chocolate bar and I read the bag and I'm like oh my god this is incredible it left me with a feeling and here's the, here's the amazing uh, this is where it's a bit of a paradox by eating this chocolate bar I'm making the world a better place now, we all need to hear that. I yeah. love that. That's so, like a choir singing. Now, here's the argument. Here's the argument for yeah. it. This is what the package says. This is not a chocolate bar. This is an invitation to indulge in social justice, ecology, and a meaningful cultural exchange between communities. This whole food is made from horizontally traded Mayan cacao, using Toronto bike power and volcanic stone grinders without preservatives or chemicals. It's a living example of hope, friendship, and learning. My God, the chocolate bar just tasted twice as good. It's beautiful, right? <laughs> well, it just, it just it left me with this feeling that, you know what, if, if a chocolate bar isn't a chocolate bar, instead it can be an invitation into all these deeply meaningful things. In other words, if I, by consuming chocolate certain chocolate yeah. can make the world a better place. What if I took this whole idea and I apply it to other things in my life? What yeah. else isn't what it seems and actually could be something deeper, could be an invitation into something that isn't just about me filling my cup by emptying someone else? Do you think that this is in a... I love that. But I'm wondering now if that's kind of the psychology at work when we stop into like those little... You know, um, there's a farm just on just off the major highway where you pull off the first exit and and it's there and, and you just see people driving. It's just this family farm and they sell like vegetables and fruit and stuff they grow right on their farm in a really simplistic way. I feel when I go in there and buy those vegetables and and the meats and stuff that they grow on that farm, I feel like everybody's winning. Like, I mm. get this, and is maybe that's the kind of thing that drives mm. the local... There's a little bit of that in it. I mean, that's more romantic, yeah. and it's yeah. chocolate. Uh, chocolate, It's man. chocolate, so, right. 
but you know what I'm saying? I like, do. There, yeah. There's a feeling like, hey, this family, man, I'm helping this family. I'm getting this fresh food from the farm. Yeah. And it, it may be a little bit more self-serving in the sense that I get, you know, fresh food. But there is an extension to it. That's part of the psychology behind it. Yeah. Well, the difference, you know, the difference is when you go to Walmart and buy your produce, some, someone gets rich okay. in some giant, yes. you know, Malib- Malibu house. Yeah. When you go to a local farm and buy local produce, someone gets swimming lessons. Right? Yeah. I like okay, it. I'm just That's flooded with guilt and shame. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I, I, that was the whole point of it. Okay, this. we're going to stop this podcast and I'm going to go empty my fridge. <laughs> but, but, but if you think about it. Yeah. You know, like that's the principle that you're describing. Why does it feel good to buy stuff locally? Because you know that 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 that, that money is spent locally. So let me, like, uh, Aaron. It's so not a corporation. It's not a corporation. corporation. Is your big idea a question? And is this the question, or if I misunderstood, is your big idea how do we make other things invitations, or is it how do we fill our own cups without depleting someone else's? That's. Cup? I think that's the challenge. That's the question. Yeah. Okay. And. And I think the answer to that question is simply by how do we do that? By making our cup an invitation. Okay. I like that. By making our cup an invitation. Hmm. Well, I'm going to throw back an idea. And I, because I, I, I think we live in a world that's self-absorbed. And, and if we're being honest, so much of even what we were taught, uh, even in good places, I mean, some of us went to private schools, some of us grew up in churches and Sunday schools and things like that and had good parents. And in, in many ways, we, we, were, um, we were given ideas that served only to embolden selfishness. And so you're confronting um, some deep-seated systemic ideas here, and uh, I want to get out of the firing line So, because um, I'm, I'm worried about it. I, I hear some objections in my head already. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, I have some family members. I love them dearly. Um, my brother, if he's listening, which I doubt he is, so I'm pretty much all right. <laughs> um, I'm just going to send him a text right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, my brother would just fire back at you. You're a commie, pinko. <laughs> you are you and your leftist lingo. I've worked hard for my money, and I can spend it where I want. Is this to inform all my buying habits, or or what do you think is sound advice? And we'll get back to the whole big idea of how do we make things in our lives invitations? Sure. How do we turn them into invitations rather than this self-serving game where I win and my objectives are met um, and I don't really care what else goes behind. I remember um, Rowan, Rowan Atkinson Mr. Uh, um, in Blackadder. I don't know if it was in Blackadder or not, but he, he, he once said, he said... Baldrick, I'm one of those people. Oh, John, do it in your English accent. I like it. Yeah, no, come on. That's what makes it fun. He he basically said something to the effect of, I'm I'm one of those people that are completely satisfied to wear a cotton shirt, but have no idea how it's made. And I'm, to be honest, I'm a little bit like that. I don't care too much about all the mechanics of how things get made, but I'm completely... um, satisfied to enjoy the product. Now, if, if there's a direct, you know, my, my father, for example, was, was um, dogmatic about not buying things in certain countries. Um, when I was a kid, mm. we were taught to look at where things were, were made. Mm. And at the time, 
he had singled out specifically communist countries that were known for slave labor systems. And so he said, when you're buying that, you are supporting a slave labor economy. So we wouldn't be allowed to buy things made in certain countries that she'll go nameless right now. Um, so he exercised that. And at the time, everybody thought he was crazy. But now, exercising that kind of judgment when you go to purchase a product mm -hmm. is not crazy anymore. It's kind of almost expected that I pay attention to mm -hmm. at least, if there's at least evidence that the company behind it is is ignoring human rights in some way. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Like, that's where, we're, that's where we are, kind well, of. Well, and that's how we make change. Like, I've been at the checkout in the superstore with my produce, and I'm reading the label on a new kind of grape I'd never heard of, and I read the words, proudly designed by Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> and I was shocked that they would actually print that on the package, but I, instead of taking it back, I made the point to get to the teller and hand it to her and say, I actually just realized this was made by Monsanto, and I refuse to buy it, and I'm going to give this to you in the hopes that someone, several people would have to touch that and return it, asking why, to realize Monsanto made it. Who's okay. Monsanto? And then maybe they'll go home and research, because sure. most, most of the, the travesties happening in our world are happening out of ignorance, right? The most powerful people aren't sitting in, you know, around you know, um, uh, board tables. It's the consumer. We are voting every time we spend our money. Yeah. We are making choices. And you're saying change is, is, is often most forcefully made through our, our choices. Our choices. In, in purchasing. Yeah. And but just think, by to waking draw up. Aaron back to his original thesis. Yes, yes. and John, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. But, I mean, the original thesis was simply this. We don't have to deplete someone else That's right. to make ourselves full. So it's not about not making yourself full. It's not about filling up your, no. not filling your own cup. Right. And I think some of the, some of the angst that we face no. right now in, it feels like it's an either or proposition. Oh, in order to help someone else, it means I now have to have nothing. And I think you're driving at a different, you're driving at a different. Yeah. Thesis, I'm not right? saying that. I know you're not. Yeah. It's not us versus the manufacturer. That's mm -hmm. the wrong paradigm. Right. right. It's us versus the challenge. The challenge of poverty and injustice, and what does it mean for us to uh, have a rising tide lift all boats? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think also people just get overwhelmed when we start talking about the fact that there's unethical chocolate. They're like, okay, stop right there. You know, yeah. are you kidding me? We're living in COVID 19, trying to get people to wear masks, you know, give yeah. up their freedom for someone else's health. And you're trying to tell me I got to start thinking about what kind of chocolate bar I'm buying, yeah. wh who makes my t shirts. Like, people are overwhelmed by all the problems that exist in our world, right? There's a, a term for it psychic numbing. When there's so many problems, people feel so overwhelmed that they can't do anything, they do nothing because it's just too much. So here's what I'm suggesting. This is what I think this guy who makes his chocolate bar does really well. Yeah, it's easy to get to what you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. I think that's really the problem is. with most of us. Most well, people, I get there. Most I people am. roll their eyes and say, Aaron, I don't have time yeah, in a like, grocery store to be Googling Cadbury's ethical standards. Yeah. You know? So, so, so we avoid it. So we avoid we all we these avoid things. It. Yeah, I and, do it too. And then what ends up happening is a lot of the suffering in our world is out of ignorance because yeah. those of us who can alleviate it don't simply because we choose to not know it. You're listening to the Ideas Cafe podcast. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Now, back to the conversation. So here's my suggestion. I think what this guy who makes his chocolate bar does right is instead of creating more work for us, he says, what if we just change the way we already work? 
Hmm. What if instead of me asking you to do more things to help people around the world, yeah. what if I just asked you to take inventory of what it is you're currently doing in your life and just ask yourself, is this yeah. the best use yeah. of my money and my resources? If I just shifted this laterally over here, could I actually benefit somebody else? A person. Could someone get swimming lessons instead of me just fattening someone else's wallet in yeah. some Malibu ranch? And it's just simply saying, taking the time to stop and assess and say, if I just slow down a little bit and was intentional with mm-hmm. where I spent my money, I could make the world a better place without actually doing any work. You know, Aaron, where I get caught up in, where I get caught in this whole thing is kind of what you said about, um, we, you, you know, we just, we shut down because for me, it's like, it's a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. For me. So yeah. if it's like, well, first it's chocolate and then it's right. my shirt and then it's, you know, whatever the tires of my car and, 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 and where the paper is made. Like, and, and I feel, to be honest, I feel overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm, and so then I go to my kind of jaded cynical place which is it's such a screwed up world and it's so broken that I can't change what is unlikely to change it's a horribly Mm -hmm. fatalistic attitude Mm -hmm. I realize that but I do go there Mm -hmm. and I and so because I feel I can't take it all on I don't take on anything right John I think what Aaron's saying and please Aaron correct me if you think I'm wrong but I think what Aaron's saying is this John he's not asking us to change our position He's asking us to change our posture toward people and toward things and toward ideas. So, so I feel the fatigue you're talking of. I, I get it as well. And, and in my particular industry that I spend most of my time in, which is the not-for-profit sector, um, I deal with donor fatigue all the time. Right. You ask so many times, donors are no longer sensitized to the yeah, issues. Yeah, it's linked to that, I'm right. sure. Um, yeah. But I think one of, the, one of the ways, I'm not suggesting it's the only way, but one of the ways in which we um, push back against that, lean into it, address it, is by asking ourselves the question, what's my posture towards this idea? Not, do I have a position that's ensconced that I need to protect at all cost? Yeah. Yeah, because Yes, I I agree. And it could be as simply as saying, Aaron, I'm not opposed to that. I just don't know that I, if I have the headspace to actually, but I'm not opposed to it. Oh, are you kidding me? I, I, I support so many of these initiatives, like, Mm-hmm. intellectually and morally supported mm-hmm. but i it's either too stressful for me to deal with mm-hmm. or i don't have the time to take all of it on so i don't so a classic example for me aaron is i love animals i love animals i do and the thought of how some animals are treated on the way to the to the meat market or slaughterhouse or whatever mm-hmm. and the shipping of those things i can't it's so overwhelming for me that I can't even think about it. Right. And I have no idea how to change it. There was a story the other day of a woman arrested or hit. She was actually hit by a truck by accident because she was running. She was trying to feed, this broke my heart, trying to feed the pigs in the truck that were heading off to the slaughterhouse or whatever because they were all stacked up or whatever and she just felt bad. She was trying to feed mm-hmm. them or driven drinks of water or whatever. So when I hear that, I'm like, that's my heart too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not against you know, meat eaters or anything. I just don't want animals to be treated poorly while they're alive. And I, and I, 
I'm so overwhelmed by that. And I know that that's a rabbit hole just for one area of life yeah. that I can't really impact. So I, I just well, like, you, I shut it down and I just move on. But the thing and is, I feel you, guilty for it. Yeah, but the you thing is, you actually can impact it. You by a little research to understand, okay, if I was to buy bacon, if I was to buy I meat. I love bacon. Right. So which company is ethically the one that Okay, you're treading on thin ice, Aaron. Yeah. Do, do you not know, so, bring uh, up bacon. Blue Goose. Blue Goose is a brand who Blue sells Goose? Isn't Blue that vodka? They sell chicken. Isn't that vodka? Greg. Greg, <laughs> sorry. I'm yeah. colorblind. No, I think I'm pretty sure it's Blue, Blue Goose, okay? okay? They are, they raise, eth- or they, they process ethically raised animals yeah. that are humanely slaughtered. It's right there writ large on their packaging. You pay a couple extra bucks. I, but but, I would do that. Yeah. And people do. That's why this company actually can, you know, make a profit because people like you who have huge empathy, you know. Now, the danger is... It doesn't translate into action. But the danger is... easy choice. Make it easy for me. But here's the problem, though, John. So for you then not to do anything, what ends up happening is far worse in the long run because you've desensitized yourself. You've numbed yourself to the point where you actually can't feel anymore. Eventually, over time, you'll turn your eye to other things. This is what happens to us, right? Brene Brown. Brene Brown said... When we try and numb one specific emotion, we end up numbing them all because you can't selectively. So when it comes to empathy, you say, you know, that just makes me ache. Let it. And then make a choice because of it. Now, you can't stop that. But what you can do is say, here's how I'm going to positively respond. I'm going to choose better when I go to the grocery store. And you know what? To get back to your original point, if I do that, if I buy Blue Goose bacon, yeah. um, however self-serving it sounds... I can rest knowing that at least I'm, Absolutely. I'm and my family, we're doing something and I'm rewarding the company or the farm or sure. the brand that is trying to. So it's correctly. that whole story of the kid on the beach throwing starfish back in the water, right? You know the story? No. Okay. There's a, a beach covered in thousands of starfish and there's a little tiny kid there and he's picking up starfish and throwing them back in the water. And some, you know, punk teenager walks down on the beach trying to, you know, hang out with his girlfriend and sees this kid and says, hey, you're such an idiot, man. Look how many starfish. You're never going to make a difference. And the kid holds up a starfish and says, I'll make a difference to this one. This one. Yeah. And this one. Yeah. And this one. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's this notion that we can't save the world. It's not our, that's actually not our goal. But yet we're not, we're, we, we aren't to turn a, a blind eye to yeah. our part in it. Yeah. You know, here's a question I ask guys all the time, you know, when, when they're struggling with, you know, uh, meaning and purpose in life. Because it's a question I ask myself. When I put my head to my pillow every night, yeah. I ask myself, was the world a better place because I was in it today? I like that. Aaron, that's a great segue for us to conclude this episode of the Ideas Cafe podcast. Let me say this. Um, Friends, what starfish is in your hands or near your hands? Um, There's a quote that I think is really valuable. The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And I think this uh, question, this big idea you've raised for us today calls us to uh, not become indifferent. You've been listening to the Ideas Cafe podcast. Remember to share and subscribe so you and your friends don't miss another episode. Be well, and remember to stay in the conversation.